0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian gets
1: the snap, holds it, looks, sets, throws, pass caught, Wandao, first down, It's on the 20, 15, shoots a defender, 10, 5, touchdown, Nebraska, Dale Robinson's first touchdown as a Cornhusker.
0: Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Well, a little
1: quieter day today, thank goodness. That thing wore me out yesterday. There was so much in there. The, the emotions were just running hot uh, yesterday for a lot of people. In fact, it was all quiet on the Nebraska front today. No official statements, which surprised me a little bit, coming from either Bill Moose or, or Ronnie Green or Ted Carter. You knew you wouldn't hear from Scott Frost today, but you thought maybe something would come out from there today. It was not all quiet on the national front as it was like open season on Nebraska football for wanting to play college football, for wanting to play games. Nebraska was just, it was like a pinata, like Nebraska was hanging from the ceiling. And these guys from Feinbaum to yesterday, Wilbon, uh, just taking shot after shot at Nebraska, uh, Desmond Howard saying that Kevin Warren ought to be looking at any way to kick their out of the league. I, I mean, <laughs> it was baffling to me, Ben. I mean, Nebraska wants to play football, and they're getting creamed by these people for being, I guess, disloyal that they didn't kiss the ring of Kevin Warren yesterday. I don't get it.
2: Yeah, it's pretty confusing to see. I I don't understand the backlash, and won't I'll, I'll, I will never understand it. Especially considering that there were multiple other teams in the league, big prominent members in the league, that vocalized their same feelings as Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, all on the same day that Nebraska had the press conference with Scott Frost. Said they want to play football as well, and I, I'm beginning to think that a lot of the people that spoke on that, Desmond Howard, Michael Will Will Bond, uh, I mean, all of those people that 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 spoke on that didn't even listen or pay attention or even have any idea what came out of Nebraska's camp, because there was this narrative that Nebraska wanted out of the league that they should be kicked out of the league and. All because of, and there's no possible way it could be because of the statement that they put out, just vocalizing their disappointment of the Big Ten's decision. I mean, it was a pretty, I mean, pretty mild, tempered statement that Nebraska put out yesterday. No way it was vicious, and no way it was threatening, and no way it was demanding, and no way it was violent or volatile or hostile toward the Big Ten. It was just voicing their disappointment, and so. Yeah, I think the the entire national barrage was unwarranted, unsolicited, uneducated. And and I think the fact that Ohio State had their head coach today and Ryan Day make public comments about them wanting to still play in the fall, I think put a lot of things in perspective that Nebraska cannot be your scapegoat in this situation. The metaphor I've been using all day is like, You know, there's a bunch of students that are mad at a teacher or there's a bunch of employees that are mad at their boss for the same reason. And they all agree that, you know, either in class or in a meeting that they're going to say something, they're going to stand up and, and, and vocalize their displeasure with this person of power. So that person does. And then everybody else that said that they're with them sits on their hands and doesn't say anything just to protect their reputation and let the other person bear all the, the weight of of talking up to or speaking up to the person of power. That That's what it feels like today. Um, but then having Ohio State come out and say, have comments from their head coach, I think, you know, puts a lot of validity into what Nebraska is saying or doing. But there's been so much venom spit at Nebraska's program today Um, from even from the college football game day account from the the, from the college ESPN's college football account poking fun at Nebraska with a gif and then a very professional tweet 20 minutes later saying how Ohio State's feelings are of it And, and basically just inserting a quote and not you know a demeaning gif and then you've got fans all across the country that you know are are using Nebraska's lack of success in recent years as a point to we should just sit down and shut up i mean why, why does that have anything to do with it just because we're more passionate than you are th- doesn't necessarily mean and our record isn't necessarily as good doesn't mean that nebraska is not allowed to have a, a, an opinion or vocalize it but everything was completely blown out of proportion today i think every national member of the media that either tweeted on it made a public comment on it was on tv about it um was ill-informed and uneducated on what actually happened or what was actually said. It,
1: it, it was, all of it was unnecessary. There were fans that were saying, time to leave this league. Absolutely, but do you go after fan bases? You should. If you're a national commentator, you can't go after fan bases. You need to go after the people that are in charge and the people that are making the public statements for Nebraska. And Scott Frost didn't say anything different than Jim Harbaugh did, that Ryan Day did, that James Franklin did, that Kirk Ferentz did. And and, and then the the difference would be, that Nebraska's post-announcement of the Big Ten canceling was critical of and said we didn't agree with this decision. We think we can safely play football, and we will explore some options for that. They were the only one that did that. So maybe that extra step, but, man, it should not have gotten the fervor that it did for people. I think if you were a college football analyst, you would applaud somebody that wants to play the sport, not belittle them and beat them in the ground with the fact that they're trying to fight for their student-athletes to play a sport that they've been working so hard for all summer long to get ready to play and feel like they've checked every medical box they could possibly check to keep this thing under wraps here in Lincoln and to play. It was it was absolutely baffling. Uh, I said fans were talking about maybe jumping. Tom Chattel, the lead columnist of the Omaha World-Herald, also wrote to call him about this is really going to put a strain on the relationship between Nebraska and the Big Ten. And he may be right. It, it could, particularly the way the national media jumped on the back of the Big Ten. The story yesterday shouldn't have been of what Nebraska, how they reacted to it, Been The story should have been squarely on the shoulders of the inept comments made by Kevin Warren yesterday and how... Uh, the word salad that he made of every question asked of him by Dave Revson. That should have been the story yesterday. Instead, the arrows get pointed at a school that wants to play football. Yeah, and it didn't really seem like
2: Kevin Warren or the conference was brought up until the Ohio State party spoke out. I mean, yeah, all, all of the targets, all of the lasers were on Nebraska really until that happened. And ever since that happened, it's been people right. have backed off. Yeah. But it, it it's it's amazing to me and, and Pat Forty of SI just put out a uh, a a an article today that you know I'm I'm kind of going through the uh going through the article basically saying that you know Nebraska is is in the is in the category of unwarranted entitlement like he, and, and he quotes in the story, who cares what Nebraska thinks? Um, you know, if you're unhappy making this much money, go, go pack up and go to another conference. It's What did they – he even admitted in this story that Nebraska, Penn State, and Ohio State all said the same things. But for whatever reason, this, this league that is, that is so prestigious on unity and, 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 and togetherness and prestige, Nebraska is sure not being treated like that in the last 48 hours. And I don't know why the national media feels like Nebraska is the one that needs to take the blunt, the brunt of this, you know, conversation, but you literally have three of the the bigger programs in terms of fan base following and passion in your league speaking out on this. It's courageous for the other two and it's entitled it's ungratefulness. It's spoiled. It's, all of that, just Nebraska's the expansion team that got put into this league and let's treat them like that. Um, not much unity, you know, Show Nebraska's way
1: today or yesterday and, and it's pretty disappointing. And, and give me a break that okay, well, Nebraska doesn't does because Nebraska hasn't been very good for a while. They don't deserve the right to speak up. Has Michigan been any good? I mean, you can tell me what's what's Penn State really won? I mean, really. I mean, they've been good. They've been better than Nebraska the last few years. But up until – I mean, they had the Sandusky stain on their university and nobody was calling for them to get their "Mm," out of the league. I mean, it's just crazy that Nebraska gets browbeat for saying they want to go play football. It was really, really puzzling. Dirk Chaplin of the Omaha World Herald uh, is going to join us here in a couple minutes. I'm anxious to get his take about how Nebraska has just been – slapped around in the last 24 hours for saying they want to play football and believe they can do it safely. And for some reason that has become an ultimate sin of everybody in the country. Yeah, it,
2: it's been it's been crazy. I I just want to read uh, a couple of quick excerpts from this article that was just posted on SI.com. This is, of course, Pat Forty. Uh, for those that have Twitter accounts and want to go read that and share, Pat, your thoughts, uh, go ahead. Nebraska's carping falls in the category of unwarranted unwarranted entitlement, like who cares what Nebraska thinks? You're unhappy making $54 million in media rights as the ninth best football program in a 14-team conference? Please go pack up your John Deere and hit the farm roads out of here. So that's what Pat Forty seems to think of the Huskers. What did they say that was so bad? And what did they say that, <laughs> you know, that I don't, I don't get it. I just don't understand. Well, and don't and, and, then, and then to start throwing insults at our fans about getting in a tractor and getting on the farm roads out of here. Yeah, that's real professional. They're guy. In
1: the, Ben, in the last three days, the ACC has reaffirmed that they're a go. The SEC is a go. The Big 12, as Josh had it in the ticker earlier, they're a go. And Nebraska's just saying, we want to play, too. We would like to play. And yet they have just been creamed uh, by the national people. It, it's, it's baffling, baffling to me what has happened uh, to Nebraska in the last. And you're right, it has quieted down, although a 40 story just got posted there. I mean, Dennis Dodd and his story from CBS Sports Dot com earlier today he he went down the whole Big 12 path and he was quoting Chattel's piece and uh, the Big 12 would take him back and that's not been a good fit from the start and again I don't know how we ju- we jump from like point A to point M in this thing we skipped a whole bunch of steps in this whole thing about oh, Nebraska's out of the league. Now they never said that. It's just, oh, man, crazy, crazy stuff. All right, if you have some thoughts about this, 531-500-4686, 531 500 if you want to dial us up with a uh, comment or question, that same number uh, doubles as our U.S. cellular text line, U.S. cellular, the official wireless provider of the Cornhuskers. And we do have some people that have texted in and said Nebraska does need to put out a statement and say that uh, they're sorry and, and kiss the ring and apologize I think there would be Husker fans that might be mad at the administration if they did that at this point in time. Let's uh, start with some phone calls. Let's stay in Lincoln. Ed, you begin us off here tonight. Good evening.
3: Yeah. The reason I'm calling in, we need to circle the wagons. I was listening to ESPN Sports, and I know there's other people out there that probably were at 515, and there was a national sports writer on basically saying, Nebraska is at the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. They're not a national blue blood. They're not a national brand anymore. And the Big Ten doesn't even want them there because Nebraska misrepresented themselves when they came into the Big Ten. And this was on ESPN Sports 1480 at 515 today. And I was just taken back that a national sports caster would say those things. Are you aware of that?
1: It, well, that, that falls in line with what everything we've heard today. Appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. It falls in the line with everything we've been hearing from everybody else today. And I guess because we haven't had success in the last five or six years that we're no longer relevant. I mean – we still have five national titles. We still have three Heisman Trophy winners. We still fill up our stadium, unlike a lot of places in the country, Saturday after Saturday. We're still a big draw on television whenever we get put on television. But I guess because we haven't won in a few years, we're just – and what and really, what difference does that make? I mean, if, if this was Purdue saying we really want to play, I mean, I, I don't know. Ben. I, it's crazy, ben. And ben. No, those comments don't surprise me. That's what we were hearing all day long. Yeah, it. it I
2: don't, I don't really care, Ed, what other people are saying. To be honest, I don't care. You know what the person you are listening to says, or what any national people say. I mean, Pat Forty in that article that we were just referencing thought he he said he said the Big Ten commissioner handled it has handled this well. I mean, I, I I just don't know under what rock people are living in, and the shots taken at Nebraska just don't make any sense to me. And I I don't care how many followers on Twitter they have, how long they've covered college football I don't care what lens they're through it doesn't matter to me and and I would love to debate that with every single one of them as to what Nebraska did that was so out of line and why it's why it's okay for Penn State and 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 Ohio State to speak their mind and it's not okay for Nebraska to speak their mind I, I I don't understand that and and for everybody out there in the national media that thinks Nebraska is no longer relevant the sellout streak would 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 like to have a word with that the fact that even though Nebraska hasn't had um the field on field success ESPN put them on college game day last year if they were in a relevant program why would they want to be in a national spotlight why why what's the draw what what's the illusion what what brings a national talk show and the biggest pregame show in the country to Lincoln if they're no longer relevant I, there, there's a there's a countless other examples that, that would prove the contrary, but, um, you know, people decide that, you know, they've got, they've got their articles they need to write, they've got their clicks they need to get, and they've got the comments they need to get. So, that I mean, that's the way I interpret it.
1: I, it was either last year or two years ago at the Big Ten Media Day, and it was a national writer going from coach to coach to coach talking about the declining attendance in college football and got to Scott Frost and threw the question, and Scott kind of chuckled and said, yeah, not really an issue for us. We've sold out every seat since 1962, and I don't think this reporter knew that. And I almost kind of called him on it, and he said, well, go check the record books. We have. We don't have an attendance problem. We have, we have incredible passion for our football program that spans the globe. Husker fans are all over this country. Um, but again, I guess since we haven't won in a while, the national media feels like we've fallen off. I don't know if they – do they handle USC the same way? They haven't won much in the last seven, eight, nine years either, but – I wouldn't think they would handle USC in that, that vein at all. Glad to welcome on board the program Dirk Chatlin of the Omaha World Herald. I hope uh, this phone call finds you doing well. Dirk, good evening.
3: Good evening to you. This uh, Everything we talk about will change uh, in the next hour. So, uh, you know, yeah. enjoy it while it lasts. Probably so. It's been a little bit
1: quieter today outside of the noise from the national people just coming after Nebraska for, uh, I guess, wanting to play more games. What have you made of the reaction from the national media back toward Nebraska in the last 24 hours?
3: Well, I I hope that having covered this for 15 years, uh, people recognize that I don't, um, you know, jump to nebraska's back in every situation just because they're nebraska um uh, so so i i don't consider myself a homer uh but i sure have a hard time understanding what's going on uh you know it, it just i understand people's um you know sort of joy in nebraska's struggles over the last 10 to 20 years uh based on you know the tradition that Nebraska had. There's, there's just going to be some natural, um, I guess, mocking when a program like that goes through struggles. But I don't really understand what's happening in the last 36 hours because this, uh, this seems like more than that. You know, it's as you said, it's, it's basically a school. Protesting because it wants to play football, which if you're some of these, especially if you are a football player like Desmond Howard, uh, I have a hard time understanding how how he would find mockery in that, uh, because I'm pretty sure that if Desmond Howard was running uh, a Big Ten football team, he would probably feel the same way. So it's very strange. I think one of the things that I have a hard time with is I don't. I don't know why schools are so beholden to the conference's authority on this. I mean, if the NCAA, if the state of Nebraska says you can play, if the NCAA says you can play, if your school officials say you can play, why is the conference, you know, the the branch of government, so to speak, uh, that gets to veto all of that. And, you know, the fact that Nebraska would, would have the audacity to, to essentially raise its hand and ask that question. Uh I just I just don't understand where everybody's coming from. So there's there's obviously some pent-up frustration over the years um because of Nebraska's supposed arrogance, uh and I'm not going to argue with anybody about that. But uh but the idea that you're out of line because you know you have expressed your desire to to play essentially uh, what you were what you were what everybody else is is wanting to play also which is which is competitive athletics uh it's a real head scratcher
1: Jim Harbaugh said essentially the same thing. So did Ryan Day. Ryan Day even doubled down today, saying they were exploring every option. James Franklin, Kirk Ferentz. Was it the statement Nebraska put out after the announcement that it was canceled that maybe got everybody's ire up? Was You think it was the second statement, not so much Frost comments on Monday, but the statement that was released yesterday, was that the straw, do you think?
3: Well, I think Frost comments sort of put Nebraska, you know, between the crosshairs. And then the statement afterward sort of confirmed, you know, the defiance or the protest. Uh, frankly, I, I would have a hard time staying quiet uh, if I were Nebraska watching and listening to what's happened over the last, you know, 24 hours. Because I, I think that it's, you know, again, it's it's been somewhat inappropriate, uh, the, the opinions that have come out from, from really prominent people, uh, not mm-hmm. just not just journalists but you know former players and all you got to do is uh put in a all you got to do is google Nebraska football or Scott Frost right now and it's it's pretty eye opening what comes back but um so I don't know it's like like you just said, it's it's not that far off of, of the way that Ohio State feels. For instance, I think Nebraska's status as a newcomer, uh, a newcomer that has not you know lived up to its billing over the last ten years in the league is part of it. But you know, I think it, it also goes back to probably even farther than that for some people. Um, there's still some angst for for the run of success that the program had for 40 years before that, and uh, I'll be honest, Greg. I mean, it's, and again, I'm not a, I don't consider myself someone who jumps behind Nebraska in every situation, but, but if I were Penn state or Iowa or, or one of these other coaches or schools that surely feels the same way, I would have a hard time just saying, you know what, Kevin, Kevin Warren's going to handle this and the school presidents are going to make this decision. And we're just going to be, you know, we're going to swallow our pride. That's, that seems pretty unnatural for for guys of of their accomplishment to sit back and just defer like that. So the whole thing has been pretty surprising. I've got a column coming out here uh, which kind of expresses some of this, but um, I just – you know, I, I do think. I guess one way that I think it's a little bit different than some people, I do think this is um, something that can be salvaged. I mean, I don't think Nebraska is so far off the, you know, so far off the the conference, um, you know, outside that they can't come back. I mean, I think it's it's a repairable situation, but uh, I do think that you know it's going to have some some lasting impact. I'm sure that it's going to. You know, it's going to make some some school presidents and even athletic directors and coaches pretty upset um, that Nebraska didn't fall in line. But but I don't think this is something that, you know, ruins a school's relationship with a conference completely. Dirk Chatlin's
1: with us in the Omaha World-Herald. You can read his work online at Omaha.com. What do you make of the commissioner's performance yesterday and just how he how he managed the last 7 days from the release of the schedule a week ago today to the the pulling of the plug yesterday how do you, how do you grade his performance
3: oh i think uh i think probably a c you know it's i have some empathy for him because he's you know walking into a position that that is a really really tough situation and he's doing it without you know without the uh the long track record that Jim Delaney had, for instance. Um, But I think that he needed to do a better job, uh, not just in transparency and communication, but uh, I think one columnist wrote, you know, that that I read this morning, that, you know, he needed to make a case. He needed to make a stronger case for why they were doing this. Uh, It wasn't enough to just sort of dodge and explain uh, basically, to get through an interview with Dave Revson. he needed to make a case for why this was the right thing to do. And I, you know, I am not, um, I'm not going to criticize anybody based on, you know, immunology or or the science of it. Uh, but I just think that you know the Big Ten could have handled this in a way that made everybody uh, feel a bit a little bit better about why they were doing what they were doing. Because uh, I just. You know, based on the last seven days, it didn't seem like they understood why they were doing what they were doing. So uh, typically, transparency is better, and and I didn't feel like the Big Ten offered a whole lot of that the last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, the term I think he kept using, just too many obstacles. That's kind of was his go-to phrase, I thought, during the interview with Revzin yesterday. And, and it's interesting because the medical... The medical experts we're hearing from around the country are all different. The guy at Duke says we're good. The people at Stanford are saying you can do this. And the Big Ten's just saying our medical people say there's too many obstacles. And UNMC's part of that. And I think your your publication has tried to reach out to those folks. I don't know that you've had any success in them answering your calls back. But they're also the ones... That are kind of have been advising Nebraska. Nebraska stands is so strong that they can make this done. It just seems like we're all over the map, Dirk, on what these medical people are saying. And I don't know that anybody has a handle on it.
3: Well, and my, I guess the instinct that, you know, that I had probably 48 hours ago now, however long it's been, is I just have a hard time believing that. You know these athletes are in such peril, uh, and I understand it's a contact sport between athletes. You know, from from 500 to 1,000 miles apart, and uh, there's obviously risk with that. But is it riskier than the other campus activities? Are these guys not going to be out, you know, at at a party on on 28th and you know Vine Street? Are they are they not going to be in classrooms and labs where? you know they're they're right next to other students or they're not going to be at bars and restaurants and churches and uh I, I just it seems again arbitrary to me um that's been my my problem for most of this pandemic is it just it feels like our the things we focus on are so inconsistent um i would i'd be very supportive if everybody was was in line and the university said uh, we can't do any of this safely, you know. But but it just feels like everybody's picking and choosing their spots about what they're going to focus on and what they deem as safe versus unsafe. You know, I told this story um, to to uh, to Gary, you know, a week ago. You know, Gary Sharp, but but I was out in Colorado and you know you're hiking on on trails in the Rocky Mountains, and every time you pass somebody on a hiking trail, you lift up your you know, you lift up uh, your mask, and then at night everybody goes to a restaurant and sits—you know—sits in a restaurant for for two hours with 50 other people. It's like, what are we doing here? So that kind of feels like what we're doing uh, with the Big Ten and and athletics right now. Um, so that's a that's a long rambling answer, um, and, and it I think you know underscores my own personal uh, uncertainty with everything. But, I just have a hard time believing that these that these guys are safer um, doing basically being on their own than they would under the guidance and supervision of of a major division, one athletic department.
1: All those activities you laid out, they're going to be doing that now. I mean, they yep. may not have been doing a lot of that if they were competing and having to practice and study film and get ready for a game, but they're certainly going to be doing it now. And I think that was Scott Frost's push all along, Was that they, and even Nick Saban echoed that earlier this week, that they're safer in a structured environment of a sport than they are if we just turn them loose and let them go out there. I I'm with you I think that's why so many people are confused and baffled and bewildered by all this is because some of it isn't very logical when they're trying to use logic on it. it it's crazy. So you, you, what time can we see your piece hit, hit the online version? You want to I'm
3: not sure when they're, gonna, when they're going to, when they're going to post it, uh, but it's, it, you know, it, it makes the case that Nebraska should be the one to make decisions in the best interest of Nebraska and not the big 10 conference. So um I think that is a fairly, you know, I think if, we, if everybody looks at that issue honestly, uh, I think that could be, you know, a fairly substantive debate. You know, who's, sh- should the Big Ten be able to prohibit a school or should it even be interested in prohibiting a school from, you know, from, from creating competition for itself, even if it's outside of the auspices of the Big Ten conference? Uh, If the Big Ten doesn't want to sanction competition, if they don't feel right about this, if they want to say to schools, you know what, you're on your own, Uh, we're not going to hold official Big Ten competition this fall, but we understand your economic situations, we understand what this means to your schools, and therefore you're on your own to play football or volleyball if you like. You can schedule Kansas State, you can stay within your region, you can even drop down and play other divisions uh, because these are extraordinary circumstances. I think the Big 10 if it's doing right by its member schools uh would want to have that conversation and and instead we're just basically everybody is is rallying around um you know the the official power structure here and laughing at everyone who who protests or suggests otherwise and I don't think that's you know right by the schools and I certainly don't think it's you know, it's right from a substantive debate standpoint uh, about what's best for for not just the schools, but also these communities. I mean, obviously, you're not going to put ninety thousand people in Memorial Stadium no matter who they play this fall. Uh, but but to assume that you know losing an entire football season has no economic impact uh, or has not enough economic impact to consider extraordinary circumstances, uh, I think is is really out of touch. So. I don't know. It's, I just wish there was a little bit more honest debate about the right thing to do, and I wish that debate was more transparent than it's been the past week.
1: Yeah, Dirk, great stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. Stay healthy, and uh, I don't know when we'll see you, but look forward to the days we're back at press conferences.
3: Yeah, these Saturdays in the fall are going to be rough. I'm going to be honest. So, yeah, um, they ho- are.
1: Hopefully we, can, hopefully we can find other things. No doubt. Thanks, Dirk. Appreciate it. Take care. Chat.
0: for Famous Dave's Face-Off. Let's go! Face-Off! Famous Dave's, America's favorite barbecue. Offers award-winning, mouth-watering, house-smoked barbecue for pickup, curbside, or delivery. Order three ways, online at famousdaves.com, through the Famous Dave's app, or call your nearest location in Lincoln, Omaha, or Bellevue. Famous Dave's, locally and veteran-owned.
3: Let's go. Mano a You me. Right here. Right
0: now. Now, here are your hosts, Josh Hilkeman and Brett Whitty.
4: That's right. Brett back as the co-host this week. Tim was uh, back for, for his first appearance in a while last week, and he'll be back again soon. But we're switching it up every week. We don't want you guys to get too comfortable. We want to make sure you're on your toes and... So far, it's been a really close contest pretty much every single week between you guys. 9-8, Ben in the lead is the running score right now. So, I don't know that either of our minds are in a place where this is going to oh, go very well tonight. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we made it easy necessarily, but I will say that there are some easier questions in here. So, okay. I, I don't know. Brett, you can chime in if you want, if you think they're easy or not, but...
5: It doesn't look easy, guys. <laughs> okay, I'm just, gonna, just just gonna peel that bandaid off.
4: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's we'll give it in. our Pat Forty effort
5: tonight. <laughs> oh, all right,
4: love it. Uh, we dive in. Question number one: Who are the top four career tackle leaders in Husker football history? Ben, ben in first, Barrett Rude. Show me Barrett Rude. Very good. He is number one on that list with 432 career tackles. Do you want to pass or play? I feel like we did this one. No, nope. Did we? No, we did not. I'll play it. Uh, Greg, if you remember doing it, then maybe you, you know all the answers, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see if Ben can come up with it. Levante David. Show me Levante David. He is actually number four, so you've gotten one, one and four. You need the two middle ones, two and three. Can you give me the totals? Uh, so, Rude had 432 at number one. Levante, number four. He's at 285 career. How about Mo Berry? Show me Mo Berry. He, uh, I looked this up, actually, because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing him. He's around number 15. He's at, okay. like, 245, so about 40 short of, of this. Kind of gets bunched up after this top four. Yeah. Um. How about Trev Alberts, show me Trev Alberts. A good guess. He'd be up there in the sack totals, but yeah, not in tackles. Man, okay, and I gotta think of guys I just played a ton. Um, well, I. That's a good approach. And Levante, though, what's so impressive about yeah. him? He only played two seasons, and he yeah. made it into the top four. Imagine, if you imagine if he didn't leave. Imagine if he didn't
2: leave. Leave all those tackles on the field where he'd be in those two years. <laughs> um, man, this is hard. This... How about? Uh, How about Scott Shanley?
4: Show me Scott Shanley. That's actually a really good guess. I can't remember exactly which place he was in, but I think he was top 10. So That's it, right? I'm done? Yep, you're done. So over yep. to Greg for the steal attempt. I'm kind of in that same era. I'm going to go Carlos Polk. All right. Carlos Polk for the steal. So the other two, number two and number three all-time, Jerry Murtaugh. So he goes back mm. a little ways, 342 for Murtaugh. And then Mike Brown, which is a little bit oh, surprising, wow. you mm. know, late 90s. But 287 for Mike Brown in the number three I, hole. So.
2: I did run so, th- through some safeties in my mind, but I just I just didn't think they
4: had that many. Right. Right. Yep. So, Ben, you take the first category.
5: All right, moving on. Question number two here. Name the five charter members of the Missouri Valley Intercollegiate Athletic (laughs) Association, which was founded in 1907. All right, Greg. Nebraska. (laughs) Is Nebraska up there? They are. Do you want to pass or play on that
1: one? I'm going to play. All right. Four Uh, to get. Give me Kansas. All right, show him Kansas. Kansas. Two for two. It's Missouri Valley, so Missouri's got to be in there, right? Does Missouri have to be in there?
5: Three for three. We're rolling here. Hmm.
0: This is where now it gets ma- tough. Yeah, now make it tough.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um.
4: And this was the predecessor to the Big Six, which was the predecessor yep. to the Big Eight, predecessor to the
5: Big 12. Really? Oh. A little history lesson there. I've got one to get. Two. Two. Two left.
1: Uh, Give me Oklahoma.
5: All right. Is Oklahoma in there? They They were first strike. Big six, but not. Okay. Uh, Iowa State. Show me Iowa State. Two strikes. (sighs) K-State. Do we have Kansas State? We don't. Uh, Goes uh, over I'm to out. Ben. You've two to choose from here.
2: <laughs> well, he guessed all the obvious ones. <laughs> I mean,
3: <laughs>
2: oh boy! Yeah. I'm trying to even he? like, I don't even know like which direction to
4: go. Well, you can. There's four directions you could go:
2: north, That's south, east, west. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Four directions. Um, so pick one. Shoot. Okay, <laughs> give me Iowa. I don't know. <laughs>
5: All right, for the steal and to go up two nothing is it Iowa.
1: Wow. Whoa! Yes.
5: Oh, Iowa that was, was the in only there. other one I could even thought of geographically that would make sense. I did not think you guys get that. What was did the last one? The other one, one was St. Louis. So Washington Ugh. University in St. Louis. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which That was the hard one, definitely. Yeah. Well, and I didn't think Iowa was right, but I, I, did I, not. Didn't know what,
2: I didn't know what big enough schools were else in the area. When
4: I looked it up earlier, obviously I knew that Nebraska was in there, and Missouri and Kansas did not surprise me. But Iowa surprised me, and obviously I had zero clue about Washington University in yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. Well, so to be honest, no would I wouldn't have, have guessed Iowa if Greg didn't say Iowa
2: State. It kind of like, oh.
4: Yeah, well, Greg with the Iowa
5: State. That was close. All right. Well,
4: Ben with a 2-0 lead, Greg didn't have to come back here. We move over to Major League Baseball with our next question. Who are the last three batting champions in Major League Baseball? And hint, all three are from the American League. Ben. Okay, Ben, in hesitantly. (laughs) Mike Trout. Show me Mike Trout. Uh, Give me Mookie Betts. Show me Mookie Betts. All right, so he won it in 2018, two years ago. Greg, are you going to pass
1: or play? No, I'll play. And In the American League now or when they played? When they played. Okay. And Last three American League champions.
4: The last three, yeah. well, I mean, yes, but they were also the champions of all baseball. And by the way, I was going to bring this up last week, but I didn't have – I forgot – uh, I want to make sure you guys aren't looking at our text line right now because people are are texting uh, us answers. They are? So yeah, don't don't be looking. Don't be. Okay. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Greg, I, Greg, is this, I, this I, is just I, uh,
2: average, right? Not hits.
1: I am pro- correct. I average. am. I am protesting a, an answer last week that I think Tim messed up on, but. Uh oh. <gasps> oh. Tim. The, the question about a hundred and ten lost teams since nineteen fifty, and I said the Astros. The Astros lost hundred and eleven in twenty thirteen. So I don't know where wow. how he missed that, but. Wow. That sways the game. All right, so Mookie he Betts still is had to, guess. Uh, yeah. That was a steal. The Astros was a steal. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Mookie Betts. Um, Trout's been hurt so much the last couple of years. Hadn't he? Yeah, he's kind of fought some injuries. Uh, give me Witt Merrifield. Show me Witt Merrifield. I think he's been oh. the hits leader. Right,
4: I'm yeah. Probably not, not the batting average then. All right, so that's one strike. Very okay.
2: Who has he guessed so far? He's guessed Mookie, Mookie. Betts and Whitmerfield, okay.
4: and you guessed Mike Trout, which was incorrect. DJ LeMayhew. show me DJ DJ Lemayhu. That's a good oh. good guess. Dang. I feel like he was leading at one point in yeah, the, one the last couple of years.
1: I think it would have been last season. I think. Yeah. Um, Great guess. Dang it! Oh, we got one strike left. I know, but the only two. <sighs> To get right,
4: and this is a tough category. So, just wait till we get to question number
1: four. That's when it really gets tough. God, Brett's always getting hard questions for us. (laughs) Dang you, Um... (laughs) Lindor.
4: Francisco Lindor is he on the board? No, he's not. So Ben. You can get the steal here and go up th- with a commanding 3-0 lead. Okay. Can you pull out um, one of the two names?
2: I think I might know them both. Oh. Um, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the sure
4: thing though and say Altuve. Is Jose Altuve one of the last three batting champions? He is. He did it in 2017. Was the last one Tim Anderson? And Tim Anderson last was the year? One.
2: Yep. You do not get bonus I know David for Fletcher that. led the led the AL in hits last year, but I, that's why I asked. All right. All Over right. to Brett. Well, I'm
5: not liking the direction we're going here, but on to question number four here, <laughs> Ben, with the chance to sweep. Uh, name the seven schools that have appeared in the college football playoff one time, but no more than once. Ben. All right. Ben. Washington. Give me Washington. You've got it. They appeared in 2016. Do you want to pass or play? You have six to get. Uh, six to get. I'll play it. All right. Michigan State. Show me at Michigan State. Yep. Spartans are up there in 2015. Two for two. Okay, those are the two that I knew off the top of my head. Um, (laughs) I have to to think about it. Georgia. Do we have Georgia on there? They are. In 2017 was their only appearance. Mm, LSU. Give me LSU. Got it. Rolling along. Four for four. Only three left. <laughs> I'm surprised
1: Man, there's that many.
4: There's I know. You. Well, and the, the question sure. is appearances in the playoff, not playoff games. So, like, some of these right. teams, like LSU, have played in two games, but both in the same year. Same year, right. The Georgia one surprises me. Yeah, that they've only been in it once. God, did they even make I don't even think they made it once.
2: Um... Boys, I'm at a hard time even coming up with a guess here. Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
5: Notre Dame. Are they on there? They are. You're
2: doing better than you think. You're, you're five for uh, I mean I mean, literally at the last second, they're they they're coming to my mind. Um, doesn't even have a strike yet, does he? No strikes. No, no strikes. Three
5: strikes to have and only two guesses. To for, a, for a clean sweep, too. Yeah, this would, be, cat- this would be an impressive way to finish it off for uh, sure. No pressure. Two more. Two more.
4: Then you can make our work really easy next week if you just sweep love.
5: Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give me Oregon. You've got it. Just rolling here. In 2014 was Oregon's one year. How about the team they played, Florida State? Give me Florida State for the clean sweep and the win.
0: Wow. Impressive. You
5: got it. That, that was impressive. That, impressive. If you told me you had Wikipedia up right now, I'd... I believe it, man. <laughs> I
1: mean, you sweep gotta, that category. You pull Iowa for the Missouri Valley. That, I, good I, gosh. Have got that.
4: I should not have got that right. I, right. I'll be I, the first I to admit that. By the way, before we say goodbye to Brett, how about his nice clean haircut up there? He's looking good, Brett. I like
2: the the, the blind, the light shining in the blinds perfectly, and it, we can it's get
5: a good It's fantastic.
2: Look at it. I can
5: hardly see anything, but
2: I love it. It's great. <laughs> I'm surprised it's that closet here, has guys. light. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Thanks, Brad. All right. Well,
0: Thanks, Brett. His voice will sound familiar.
6: And that ball's gone. Bye-bye baseball.
0: His knowledge is endless.
6: He looked so fast. It was unbelievable.
0: He's our Major League Baseball insider. Miss a brownie, so I'm ready to go. Lane Grindle. Well, we were
1: just kind of talking before we went on here that, that some of these teams are about ready to play game 20. This thing's almost a third of the way over. It's flying by, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it really is. The Brewers specifically are 25% of the way through the season. And for last night, they lost those three games to the Cardinals uh, a couple of weeks ago. But it, it really is. And, and, Greg, we're a couple of weeks out from the trading deadline already. I mean, it's just wild. It feels like we just kind of dipped our toe in the water. And now you got to make decisions about your roster for the rest of the season. And you got to decide if you're a buyer or a seller. And, and I think just in general, it's going to be interesting to see who's active and who's not, even if they're in it because it's just a different year altogether right
1: no doubt you mentioned the Cardinals what does baseball do with them they have played five games do they try to make that up or do they just say play it from here out and your percentage is what goes
6: well I think that may be where it ends up they're not saying that yet I think the desire is to get to 60 games for everybody if you can make it happen uh but right now the, the the goal is just to get them back on the field first i mean right now i think you're looking at 55 games in 46 days that they'll have to play that's a lot of baseball and not a lot of time and you know you could get a rain out in there certainly at some point i mean there's all sorts of other things that could factor in before it's all said and done for them to get all those games in so that's going to be challenging to navigate for anybody obviously even with an expanded roster. But I think right now the, the goal is let's get them back on the field, let's get everybody playing a full schedule again, and then let's see what happens from there.
1: I know we touched on the Marlins last week. It's been remarkable the success they've had, even though they're down 17 players. I saw something today from Mattingly, Don Mattingly, their manager, who said a lot of their guys are ready to be reinstated, that they're, they're all healthy again and they're going to get their team back. That's been remarkable, hasn't it, how successful they've been despite losing all those bodies.
6: Yeah, they, they've made it work. Now, they've lost three in a row coming into tonight, but still, uh, the fact that they've been able to win seven games, I think, coming into the day today, even after losing all those games, and I'm not talking about losing them on the field, just losing those games, period, and having to be idle for so long, and stuck in a hotel in Philadelphia, and then just snatching up every single player that was on the waiver wire, I mean, it, somebody's going to write a book about that someday, most likely. Um, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting story to tell, and... And I think Don Mattingly, through all of this, has really gained some some additional appreciation from people with how he's handled it and how they've kind of found a way to keep moving forward and be competitive in spite of all of it. It really is pretty amazing. It's going to be one of the stories of the year when we look back on it.
1: Lane Rendell's with us. He's our Major League Baseball insider here on Sports Nightly. The shortened season may may make some records look kind of fluky. I saw t- starting today, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies was hitting an even 500. I don't think he had a great day today. They played this afternoon, but uh, do you count a 400 season from a guy like that if he ends up that way at the end of September?
6: No, absolutely not. And I've seen a lot of people kind of flirting around with this and trying to kind of put that out there and test the waters to see what people think of uh, considering that legitimate. That's not legitimate. Uh, It's still amazing, and it's still really impressive. But it's not the record, and it's, I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind would recognize that as anything close to what Ted Williams did. Um, It's not going to be close to what George Brett did, in my opinion, because anybody that did what those guys did over 162, so much more impressive than over 60. A lot of guys have unbelievable 60-game stretches. the great seasons, though, need to be measured over 162, and, and I'm not going to change on that, and I think most of us probably agree on that. I think I'm in the majority on that.
1: I think you are, too. That's I know it's early, but the Rockies have been a, a pretty good early success story. Do you like their team? What do you think of the Rockies?
6: Yeah, you remember, this is a team two years ago that almost won the NL West, played a 163, and then lost to, to the Brewers, got swept by the Brewers in the NLDS after they beat the Cubs in the wild card. And a lot of those guys are still back. Charlie Blackman, who we were just talking about. Nolan Arnato is one of the best players in the game, period. Trevor Story is one of the great players we don't talk about enough in the game. So there, there are some pieces there. And when Daniel Murphy's healthy, he can still hit. So I, I, I think they have some pieces. I think they have some talent. Um, You know, it's always the question for them is always the pitching, but Cal Freeland has some great stuff, and he looks like he's kind of got himself straightened out after having a tough year last year. And you've got guys, I mean, I I think that, you know, Senzatella is an interesting arm. I I think this is an interesting team when it's all said and done, and I'll be curious to see where they end up. I I think it's a tough division. I mean, look, the Dodgers are really good. I think the Padres are pretty good. Um, It's a challenging division for them. To navigate, but I still like their team, and and I wouldn't write them off right now.
1: You've had a chance to watch in person the Twins over the last couple of days. They, they've been pretty much everybody's pick to win the AL Central. What have you made of of Minnesota for the last couple of days?
6: Great position players, um, one through nine, really good team. Yeah, a lot of power, as we know, with Nelson Cruz and Josh Donaldson is hurt right now, but when he gets back and and Miguel Sano. I mean, you can just keep going down the list. Tons of power. Eddie Rosario has just destroyed the Brewers in this series so far, even though they split the first two games. Rosario hit two home runs last night, hit a grand slam. Those were only four runs that they scored in the win on Monday night. Uh, And he was an all-star a couple of years ago. So they have so much talent from that position player group. I'm not sure where they're at on the mound yet in terms of are they they an elite team all the way around? Uh, I, I don't know yet. A lot of people have put them in that category. They very well may be. I think they're certainly the favorite in the AL Central. I, I would have no problem saying that. But are they the Yankees? Are they what the Astros can be when they start winning? Because the Astros will start winning at some point. Are they the A's? I, I'm not sure. I don't know if their rotation and their bullpen is on the same level as some of those elite teams in baseball. But I think they're right there. And I think there's not a better lineup in baseball, arguably.
1: Lane, we've certainly been dealing with the fallout here of the Big Ten's announcement yesterday of canceling the season. Obviously, you're there in Milwaukee, not far from Madison, Wisconsin, not far from Chicago where the Big Ten office is. What kind of, how has this thing played up in, in that part of Big Ten country?
6: Well people are disappointed up here. I mean, I think everybody's disappointed to not have college football would be devastating I think for so many people because it's it's such a big part of your Saturdays in September and October and November And look I'm preaching to the choir I'm I'm on the Husker Sports Network right now there's nowhere where it's more important than in Lincoln and across the state of Nebraska so people are are very disappointed look it's a different type of culture here in terms of the conference and when the Big Ten says something everybody just kinda goes along with it here that's, that's probably not going to be the case where you're at, and, and I understand that, and I get that, and I applaud it, to be honest with you. I think it's okay to go against the grain when something is so important to your state and to your kids and to uh, your community and to your university, quite frankly. And that, that should be a university decision, in my opinion, because there's so much on the line, and I'm talking real-life stuff that's on the line. So most people here, have, they're disappointed, they're sad, maybe they don't totally agree with the decision, but they're going to accept it. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be, you know, maybe a little bit different in your next. So. Yeah.
1: All right, uh, Brewers, wrapping up a homestand, I think. What, what do you got coming up?
6: Uh, road trip. Go to Chicago, take on the Cubs for four, and then go to Minneapolis to, to play three more with the Twins as well. So uh, nice little road trip coming up for the Brewers uh, here on the, in the immediate horizon. And it actually continues beyond that, but we'll talk again before that.
1: Very good. All right, appreciate the time. Have a great week.
6: All right, thanks, Greg.
1: Back to the Twitter or the text line. Seems to me, this is a good one, Ben. Seems to me the commissioner needs to go on the network and explain to the conference football players why it's okay for his son to play this fall, but they cannot. Kevin Warren has a son who's a junior at Mississippi State. The SEC is still a go. As far as I know, and maybe I missed it, his son has not opted out. He has to opt out, right, Ben? I mean, the optics of that, if his son plays... And Kevin Warren's okay with his son playing, but he's prevented thousand over a thousand Big Ten football players from playing. He can't he can't yeah. do that, right? Can't do that. Not a good look. And what would make that worse
2: is if they let parents of athletes into Starkville to watch him play. So while the Big Ten his own conference is watching Mississippi State play Lane Kiffin in the egg bowl, he's uh He's sitting on on the on the stands and in in, uh, in Stark
1: Vegas watching his son play. That, wouldn't that be something? I, I just, In fact, I'm surprised it didn't happen today. I mean, come. On. I, I mean, you talk. <laughs> you know what though? As silly and as goofy as all of this has been, I bet he plays. Actually, I, I <clears> can't <throat> imagine that he plays. The criticism he's going to get if his son plays and is allowed to play. I mean, the hypocrisy of that is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I might lose a vein if that happens. <laughs> Just might blow a gasket of this thing. Um, all right. We're getting NHL playoffs are underway. NBA's, I think, the final week of their regular season before they get to their playoffs. Pretty good time to be a sports fan, right? You got all that going on, Major League Baseball. Stinks around here with no college football, for us anyway. But this isn't a bad time. At least we're through the drought of no- nothing happening. Yeah, it's
2: nice nice to have baseball on every night You know, while we're doing our show. And, um, you know, nice to have, have those things that are kind of, you know, keeping us busy and getting us by. But you better believe that that first September, if, if college football happens, or if even it doesn't happen, that first Saturday, September 5th, is going to feel awfully hollow.
1: Is it going to be worse If there are conferences playing, do you think? How how are you going to feel? Is it going to make you feel worse? Well, 100%. I mean, we're going to sit
2: there going, that could be us. I could be on the sideline. You could be in a booth. We could be watching uh, Scott Frost on the sideline. We could watch Adrian Martinez take snaps.
1: Instead, we're watching uh, Mr. Warren's kid do all that. Are you rooting for him? I kind of am. I kind of am, actually. I kind of want him to play. (laughs) Is that bad of me to say that? (laughs) <laughs> no, I No, I don't know what's going to happen. I'd be happy for those kids if they get yeah. the chance to do it and I'd also kind of look at the Big Ten and go, see, we there's people like us who believe it could have been done safely.
2: Part of the reason why I don't is I know how detrimental it would be to our conference if Nebraska is indeed a part of it in three years. Um, you know, the the recruiting toll that this will take, the, the financial toll that this will take, I think Dirk said it in our first hour, I mean, it, it would – it would set it would set Nebraska and the Big Ten back years if that were the case.
1: I did re- reach out to a Nebraska official today. I said, "Did the team practice today?" The answer was no, and they weren't scheduled to. I said, "What about tomorrow?" And I got back TBA to be determined. So um, that's not TBA to be to be d- announced TBD to be to be d- TBD 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 Michael yeah, Scott. TBD so <laughs> so to be determined so. Uh, you can't go out there, right? I mean, it, it, there's there's no point. I, You know, I got asked a couple times today, do I think Nebraska is going to be able to cobble together a schedule? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Nebraska is going to just not necessarily just fall right in line, but they realize it's just too big of an uphill battle to try to piece something together. And you, you got to ask yourself, is the risk worth the reward or is the reward worth the risk? Because if you do it, do you jeopardize your – your status in the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten could get vindictive and kick Nebraska to the curb, and then you're out there kind of hanging on your own. I think I just think it's a, t- a tough spot to be in. Um, I was a little bit surprised we didn't see some kind of announcement from Nebraska today. Just kind of either reaffirming where they stood or what their plans are, kind of moving forward.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I stand on that. Um, I mean, I could see it. I could see it both ways. Um, but, yeah, it's just one thing's for sure. The, the next week with the fallout with this is going to be really interesting from a national perspective on on the Huskers and the Husker program. And whenever football does get back, you better believe this is going to be brought up about every time that Nebraska plays, especially when we get to conference play.
1: Yeah, it, it sure, sure is. Uh, although I think quietly a lot of people in the conference don't have a problem in Nebraska saying they wanted to try to play. I really don't. I, I think if you do – You got other issues. I just think most people would say, "I get it." You you feel like you you had it. Why not play some football games? I I mean, go back to my first comment. To be criticized for wanting to play is just beyond me. I mean, I think it would be much, especially at the lengths that at the lengths that they have.
2: I mean, just completely out of line.
1: Good hour, great tier from Lane Grindle. as always, our Major League Baseball insider. Ben wiped the floor with me on face off. He's been doing that pretty much every week. We got another hour of sports highly coming up. Don't go away. Some more interesting conversation about this whole college football thing that has us all driving crazy.